This week. Ready, Freddy? Yes. On the Drew Goodman podcast with Julie Brownman. Broncos Groundhog Day. Every time you see the flag when they're on offense, do you not just like roll your eyes? I go, you know exactly if it's 72, I'm going to be And you're upset. like, I'm going to die. And then it's 72 and then you don't <laughs> die. It's just like a bad cycle. It was a bad year for the Colorado Rockies, but. I feel like this year was more of an aberration. I just don't think everybody loses their talent. I believe in Kyle Freeland. I love what I've seen in John Gray. The World Series. Who do you have? I'm going to go Washington. Another round of word association. You've got a devilish look on your face right now. Because I'm trying to think of the right word. Weird dude. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. I am not Drew, as you can tell. This is Julie. Usually Drew starts off this podcast, but he's in the Dominican Republic. I know. My co-host today is the very talented and lovely Jenny Kavner. Let me pick my job off the floor because I did not know Drew was in the Dominican Republic. Is this a vacation for Drew or is he doing baseball? Activity? His son is down there playing some baseball down That's there. That's cool. So they took a family trip. Yeah. Good for him. Right. And he was like, well, we could do the podcast when he's in the Dominican. I'm like, I don't even know the time change. That sounds that yeah. sounds that yeah. sounds like you should just go enjoy the Dominican Republic. So thanks for having me on. This yeah. is exciting. So you um, do you want to say what you just told me? <laughs> it's a podcast. It so. is a podcast. Uh, I probably won't phrase it that way, but this is my first like full podcast, I think, that I've been on. Do you listen to podcasts? I feel like this is, you know, I'm a podcast virgin. You're a podcast virgin. Well, I do listen. I do listen to podcasts. I am. But I'm just kind of like late to the game. And I've Mm -hmm. realized I don't have like a huge commute to work. Okay. Um, So I feel like that's a really good time to listen to podcasts. But yeah, when it's only like eight minutes door to door, it's hard (laughs) to like really get into one. Well, we'll try and do maybe an eight minute podcast. It's fun. (laughs) It's fun because you get to get more in depth. Uh, Once in a while, Drew will cuss. I have yet to cuss on this podcast. No way. Oh, yeah. Wow. He said shit. (gasps) I just did it. I just did did it. it. Is that your first time? It's my first time. Oh, my goodness. I know. I'm a cussing virgin. Wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So many things that I want to talk to you about. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. Let's do this. Okay. So, first of all, we're both natives. Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to do a little Broncos talk first. Right. Yeah. Because or not great, but great. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, right? When you're a native and you're, or if you've lived here for a while, when you're just used to the, um, the bar here in, in Colorado and Denver is, is playoffs slash Super Bowl. Yeah. From five and 11. Well, not when we were kids. Well, <laughs> we had a tough time when we were kids. <laughs> but I mean, there was a time, right? It, well, yeah, like in the 80s. I mean, we just would go to the Super Bowl, but get blown out. Right. That's I do remember point. that. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But Sorry, after that, I digress. Right? No, that's okay. But the Orange Crush was fun. Were you even alive? Orange, Orange Crush, Crush was fun. You weren't alive? Julie, when were you born? I was born in 1982. Do you know CPR? <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that works for the fire department. <laughs> Oh, God, that's right. I got to learn that. Um, Okay. anyway, I'm sorry, but I do. You know, like I'm obviously a big sports fan and my family's been season ticket holders since the beginning. Like we still have my grandparents two tickets that they started with. We've never gotten rid of them. They've stayed in the family. My cousins we've pulled together. So it's like, you know, it's tradition. You you know, the history. I I know the orange crush. I just didn't see it with my own two eyes. Dear God, we're going to talk about this. Did you guys ever think about giving up the tickets? No, never, never. I think they probably did when we I think my grandparents probably did at some point. Right. In like the 80s, early 90s. But Mm -hmm. they hung they hung tough. 
So oh, thank God it's kind of did. our special treat to go. Okay. So last week against the Chiefs, a lot of us were talking about this is kind of the season defining game because the sure. team had won two straight. Yeah, Kansas City got him at home. Patrick Mahomes wasn't 100 percent like this was the I mean, time. The defense hadn't allowed a touchdown. Right. So this is the time <laughs> to tell, do something. Tell Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So um, after that loss, if it was season defining now, then where are we? Oh, you know, what's almost season defining is the special teams botch in that game. Like that felt like the end, right? Like they go down, they score quick. They have a chance to convert for two. They don't do it. All of a sudden you end up with a special teams blunder, which I just don't know what that was. All the faces on the sidelines, like no <laughs> one knew what that was. Right. Right. And then it's just like, what's happening like, Noah Fant can't catch a ball. Yeah, he had a rough one. Joe Flacco was more on the ground than he wasn't. If I hear, like, I can't even say his name anymore, but I'm going to say it one last time. Like, Garrett Bowles, I'm sorry. No, I know. I'm sorry, man. But you're a professional in this league. If penalties were your Achilles heel last year, you think there would be something different this year coming in. You're a professional. Like, you have to cut down the penalties. And every time... Every time you see the flag when they're on offense, do you not just like roll your eyes? I go, you know exactly if it's 72, what's I'm going to be And you're upset. like, I'm going to die. And then it's 72 and then you don't <laughs> die. It's just like a bad cycle. It's a bad cycle to be a Broncos fan right now. You know, last year I was like, we should make a drinking game out of every time you hear 72. And I never started doing quarter. it. And I, I, I feel terrible doing that because that's not really my MO as, you know, mm -hmm. as a journalist. But I'm just being a fan here. I'm being a fan and it's frustrating. Yeah. And you know what? You know my secret. You know, my dirty little secret. I live with an Oakland Raiders fan. Oh, yeah, that's and right. It's awful. It's getting worse by the year. Because as we yes, like the first the first like seven years of us dating slash being married. Mm -hmm. I think I think that the Broncos record against the Raiders was like 12 and two. Wow. It was awesome. So you're like, like life was good, you. right? Like it was like, <laughs> oh, who cares? You guys are nobodies. And all of a sudden it's been a little different the last couple of yeah. years. And like they just had a season defining game because it was like, oh, you know, they had a chance to catch up with the Chiefs if they could win at Green Bay. They didn't. But like I have to just wear it right now. And I don't like that, Julie. <laughs> I don't like that. So you do so much great work with AT&T Sportsnet with the Rockies and you've been all all kinds of roles. The latest and greatest is the play-by-play. -play. Like when Drew goes on vacation, that's you. Yeah, and Drew doesn't go on vacation a lot. That's why I was like jaw on the floor when you said he was in the Dominican <laughs> I was like, wow, off-season Drew. Yeah, no, he's Here getting we go. on a plane. So, no, um, yeah. But you've covered a lot of locker rooms. I can only yeah. imagine right now after... Now we're talking about Emmanuel Sanders right. getting shipped out right. at the trading deadline. Now we're talking about Chris Harris Jr. I think they're going to be at different times. When things go really bad, and it's been a really bad Rocky season. We're going to get to that sure. a little bit. <clears throat> What do you do in the like you can feel it in that locker room? I think that's fans first reaction, right? I mean, we've all been there and we I hear it all the time during baseball season, like bad season, like go trade everybody, like start over, start over. And I think this day and age we live in where you just want some instantaneous results. Do we have to stop because you're coughing? <laughs> kind of. So we did a little creative editing, but you can tell that I was having a coughing fit. Yes. How does that never happen? Has that ever happened to you on the air? No. I mean, I've never sneezed on the air, which you would think that would happen mm -hmm. at some point. Um, I have had a runny nose on the air. So you were like... Because, you know, we're outside bad. and it's like a wind tunnel at Coors Field. And I've definitely like felt... <laughs> 
it's not like coming out of your nose and you just can't like sit there the whole time and be like do you have to wait till you're Oh, yeah. okay, well, commercial. It's yeah. I deal with some elements, but coughing—that's mm-hmm. that's a hard one. Yeah, and we don't have a cough button here on the podcast. No, we don't have a cough <laughs> button on the podcast. So, anywho, okay. So we're talking about. It's I just think now you just heard Garrett Bowles name again and you were dying. I was like, I can't, I can't <laughs> this breathe. Is it. I can't, I can't breathe. breathe. Um, okay. So do you locker look at rooms, this? Tough locker rooms. Yeah. It's, I, I think all the fans, like the first reaction in a bad season is fans are just like, get rid of it, be done with it, start over. I, that's, that's hard to do. Like this day and age, everyone wants this instantaneous result. And it's hard when you're building. I think football is different because you're going to have a draft. You're going to have impact players again. You are going to have to start over at some point. If Emmanuel Sanders is gone, is that it from Super Bowl 50 on the offense? Is he the last? He's the last offensive about, player, I think. Uh, let's look at the line. Yes. I think Whoever he is. Yes. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of an era, right? I think yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has a history of of exactly what you said. The same expectations that fans have and that's win. let's go to the playoffs let's go to the super bowl that's what he's known here right he didn't work his tail off coming back from that injury to play for a team like this and there's a lot of frustration and i don't think he's one that's going to hide it no you know i was it's just starting a conversation about that like he's the last guy i love his talent i'm not a huge fan of sometimes how he expresses that frustration for me he's Remember when Trevor Simeon was the quarterback and he and DT came out and talked about how they need the ball more? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, eh, I'm not sure that's the greatest way to go about this. I don't want if it keeps going downhill, which five of the next seven are on the road, mm-hmm. many with winning records. I don't think you need an Emmanuel Sanders in that locker room. You need value for him. And I don't think he's going to help. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, I hate to say that because I really appreciate him as a player. Me too. I appreciate what he's brought to this town, to this community. I mean, we had him on this summer on a Rockies game. I mean, this guy, he loves the community. He stayed in Denver to work out like he wants to be here. He wanted to be here. Yeah. I think that might be different. I think that song might be changing for him for sure. And that's okay. If you can get value back, I think it is the right time then. You know, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot going on from the outside looking in. I just heard... um, on the radio recently or on a podcast or something um, nationally, people talking about John Elway now. Oh yeah. And I know you guys have probably gotten into that a lot. I mean, that that's like, that like hurts my soul seven year old heart <laughs> to talk about number seven this way. You know what's so funny. I, so I do another podcast with Dave Logan Yeah, and we were just talking about that yesterday. Cause I was like, dude, it's freaking John Elway. Like I, I can't imagine. And David just had a conversation with John and and he said that John's like very aware that the buck stops here. But Dave's it was very interesting. He said, I don't Joe Ellis is not going to fire John Elway. Like, you, do you, you want that on your can't. resume? You can't. you can't. It's going to be more John walking away because John's such a competitor. Mm-hmm. That's makes more sense to me. And that's not this season. But you're right. right that that narrative. That's has another come part of it. So, again, like if John Elway GM, we're going to have to separate those pedestals. Right. Because mm-hmm. we have him just all tied into one human of like John Elway, the great like this right. one's for John. Like <laughs> right. I can't say this one's for John this season because <laughs> there's not a lot going on in uh, the Joe Flacco pickup. And, you know, we'll see what happens at trade deadline. But 
that will be interesting because again, this is on the GM. What are you going to get back? This is a GM move, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to trade Emmanuel Sanders, if you're going to say, okay, he's not a good fit in this locker room right now. We have to move forward. We have to get rid of him. Who do you get back? Well, and he hasn't had, Elway hasn't had great success um, in the draft. By the way, did you have a mock seven poster? Because he, you know, he looked like... Obviously. Yes. Actually, obviously. (laughs) Did you have a Three Amigos poster? 100%. I took it to college at KU. It's my favorite. (laughs) I I wish we still had it. I would hang it up in my son's room, who's two years old right now. And hasn't seen a lot of Broncos wins in his lifetime. By the way, I'm in a side rail note because this is a podcast, so I can just go down and tangent. We can do whatever we want. Um, We're in the car yesterday. Again, I've already mentioned my husband's a Raider fan. Picked up my husband from the airport because he was flying back from Green Bay. Went on his one boys trip to watch the Raiders and the Packers play at Lambeau. My two-year-old is in the back seat and says like this, Mommy, Raiders. It, it, Did you ask for divorce papers? I literally was like, <laughs> Vincent. And Steve was like, do not scold our son. He's going to think he did something wrong. I'm like, he did do something wrong. Like, you can't, like, the rule in my world with my husband was like, okay, this is our separation. Like, I'm a Broncos fan. You're a Raiders fan. Uh-huh. Whatever state we live in, like, wherever our child is born, they get to be fans of that team. Yeah. Like, you can't... <laughs> infuse your passion of a team that's like over a thousand miles away like that doesn't you can't do that that's do you fair. wonder what steve does with vin when you're working all the time Clearly, now, now you know they've just been learning the raiders chant speaking of working with the rockies give me a couple things where i go okay this season was an aberration and there's hope pitching i mean it's so cyclical in major league baseball especially in the bullpen it it cannot like I don't see Kyle Freeland, the competitor, ever having that sort of a season again. Um, The injuries, the fact that every single one of your starting pitchers that began the year was not in the rotation to end the year. I just, pitching has to change. It has to change. It has to be different. The injuries can't be there for that staff. Like That's why I think this year can won't happen again. Can't happen again. That just took that... Took us all by surprise. You probably more so than oh my your gosh. Crew. I think the hardest thing, you know, fans ask all the time, like, how are you doing it? How are you doing it? What a tough year. And I'm like, you know, when I, I I've done a lot of tough years in Major League Baseball. <laughs> right. I started out with the Padres who hadn't made the playoffs since I started, which was in 2007 after they lost to the Rockies in game 163. Um, so I had them for five years of not going to the playoffs. I came here in 2012. We remember those years. They were lean, the end of the Jim Tracy era, Walt Weiss. Like it wasn't good for the Rockies. Those were hard years. We had to do a lot of hard years. This year was the hardest of my career so far in Denver because the last two years were so successful. Right. First time in franchise history going to the playoffs, back to back years, expectations so high. Um, returning the majority of those players, obviously losing key pieces that we just saw in the ALCS, like DJ LeMayhew mm-hmm. and Adam Adovino, but really all in all the talent on paper, pretty similar. I, that That's what made it so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Such a slow start. Got really good. Got really hot. Boom. Just the fall off the building. Like it was, it was hard. It was hard. It was fast. It didn't feel good. And they never came back from it. Okay. So I feel like, I feel like this year was more of an aberration. I think. And that to your point, I just don't think everybody loses their talent. I believe in Kyle Freeland. Yeah. I love what I've seen in John Gray. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's and Marquez, I think his deal is going to be consistency, right? And you just keep having to work on that. Nolan's not going to lose his talent, right? But there's <laughs> going to be a ton of questions. Well, if it doesn't, if something happens again, it, there's going to be all kinds of questions about Nolan. Of course, there are. Here's the deal. It takes a team, right? We talk about this all the time. You're always going to have offense in Denver, Colorado. I mean, I would like for you to go back and look through the record book and tell me like there was a year that they didn't finish in the top three or top five, at least in the National League in offense. Like it's going to be there. Pitching is where it's, it's what's been the downfall of this organization in the past. It's what made them good last year. It's what got them to the playoffs. It's what got them into the NLDS. If you look at the teams in the World Series, you look at their pitching. Yes, there's some great offensive players on both of those teams. Right. But you look at their pitching. You look at the matchup you're going to see in game one, and you're like, oh my gosh, Garrett Cole hasn't lost. He hasn't lost a game since May 22nd. Isn't it like 17 straight or 19? Yeah, It must be because May 22nd, I mean, that's ridiculous. He has not recorded a loss since May 22nd. He is a workhorse. He gives them innings. He's gone out in this world or in uh, the playoffs, and I think think he's given seven plus every single outing. I mean, it's going to come down to pitching, Mm -hmm. right? I know that teams have tried different things with the opener. I know teams have tried different things once they got to the postseason of saying, okay, we're going to have, you know, this starter come out of the bullpen. So we're going to have this starter go three. We're going to have that starter come out of the bullpen three. It's however you mix and match it, like it's going to come down to who executes pitches. And until the Rockies can do that next year, I mean, they did not do that this year. And that was exactly to your point. Like, I think it was just a blip in the radar. And you hope when you look at this, the, this portion of their history that they will have gone to the playoffs multiple times within multiple years when you look back. You hope it didn't stop, you know? When we come back, well, first we're going to have Drew tell us a little uh, message about Ideal Home Loans. But right after that, when we come back, we're going to hit a little bit more on the World Series. And we always like to play a game. Games. Games. It's fun. We'll do it next. Ideal Home Loans. They've been uh, great to me through the years, and they can be great for you as well. If you are looking at refinancing, you can't do better than the rates are right now. Money is really cheap right now. And if you're not sure, give them a call at 303-867-7000. It's 303-867-7000. They'll go over everything you want. Uh, if you have any questions, obviously they'll answer them. They're salary based, which is really important. They're not going to make you feel bad. They're not going to give you the power sale where you feel like, oh my goodness, I, I need to go take a shower. Or like we've all been in that situation, right? So that's not going to happen. They're going to give you the best information. And if you decide to go with them, you are going to be thrilled you did. So if you're looking to consolidate debt, if you're looking at a new home, if you're looking at uh, refinancing, now is the absolute best time to give Brent Ivinson and his team a call at Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Okay, so you mentioned the World Series and you mentioned pitching. The Astros are overwhelming favorites. Biggest favorites since um, Boston was favored over the Rockies back in 2007, which hurts because I paid $250 for a ticket for that World Series. Can you imagine, though? Think about that. What? $250. Do do you like you would not. That would be nothing today. Nothing today. That was 12 years ago. Right. I guarantee you people are starting at like $400 for tickets. 
Well, it was face value. Somehow I got face value. Well, but that's even probably then, true. That's probably true because season ticket holders, right? You know, have the rights to their tickets. So maybe, maybe there are yeah two hundred and fifty dollars tickets. So what do you have on the World Series? We are taping this. We are taping the podcast on Tuesday, which is before game number one. Mm-hmm. So this will come out on Thursday. So just kind of give me an overview of how you see this because Vegas and pretty much everybody else has Houston overwhelmingly. Well, I hope when people are listening to this on Thursday that. Each team has won a game. I, I want a seven-game series. We've seen some great baseball this postseason. Mm-hmm. We've seen some long series, even the ALCS. Like, to go to game six, the excitement, DJ LeMayhew. Oh, it was like, I was so pumped. I was jumping yeah. up and down for uh, him because knowing this human and how hard he works and just to be on that national stage and in pinstripes, like, what a moment. Only to be outdone by Jose Altifé, right? Yeah. Only to be outdone. I love... I think this is why we love sports. We love the storylines and I love the storylines for the Astros and the Nationals. And I will give Corey Sullivan all of the props in the world right here because it was about it was probably the beginning of September. And, you know, it felt like the playoffs were kind of really figuring themselves out and Mm -hmm. it was going to be pretty obvious. And at this point, we're all going, "Okay, it's going to be Dodgers Astros. Like that's the World Series. Pretty much been set since All Star break. This is boring. And Corey was like, I have the Nationals going like I have the Nationals getting into the playoffs. I have the Nationals winning and I have them going deep like they're just going to be that team. Wow. Because they had a slow start. I don't know. Slow start. Yeah. Slow start. But they've had the best record since that, you know, moment. I think they break it down at like 19 and 31 Mm -hmm. is where they were. And since then, they've had the best record in baseball pitching again. Like they all just hit. That rotation just hit their sweet spot, you mm, know, the right time, the right time. And I'm so happy for Steven Strasberg. I covered him in college at San Diego State and just the journey, the career, the injuries like good dude. I, good dude, great dude. I hope this postseason is a time for him to shine. We know mm. that Max Scherzer is going to be able to do that. Like I I'm just so excited for some of these pitching matchups we're going to see. I don't think <clears throat> I think it's going to be a lot closer than they say. Uh, in terms of the spread and saying, oh, the national or the Astros are hev- heavily favored. Mm-hmm. The one downfall for the Nationals is going to be exactly the downfall for the Rockies. They had magic coming into this postseason. They had magic. They wrote it. All of a sudden, they've had the layoff. Yeah. Remember the layoff? Yeah. I which think the Rockies the had worst. eight days, right? They're going to have, I think, six. It's, oof. I mean, when you're rolling like that mm-hmm. to all of a sudden just stop and not play baseball for almost a week. Right. That's why game one is going to be so insightful, as I think the rest of the series is going to be. Great you know? point. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Who do you have? My heart. My heart wants Washington. I think. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Astros just won two years ago. Right. It's like. And they're on. a fun story for sure. But it is Houston, the land of shopping malls. <laughs> so, right. Concrete yeah. jungle. Concrete jungle. Humidity. I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to go Washington. That's interesting. Yeah. You're the baseball expert. Oh, what do you no. Got? I'm, I mean, it, that's what's so fun about the playoffs, right? You just never know. You never know who's going to shine. Here's one thing I'll bring up. And we, I kind of I, I meant to bring this up with the Rockies in last year. You look at chemistry and clubhouse chemistry. And I don't want to say I'm not sitting here saying it was missing for the Rockies. It wasn't at all. I don't, I don't think that. I think it was different than years past. I think you didn't have that lighthearted cargo, cargo, para, para et cetera. Mm-hmm. And what's happened in the nationals? Really? I mean, what oh, happened to them? That's they such got a para. Great point. They got para. They got baby shark. I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me? That guy, he is so fun. He injects fun. 
He he knows how to love on his teammates when mm-hmm. things are tough. He might not be the star player in the box score, but man, I know he has affected that clubhouse um, behind the scenes. And so I think that's pretty cool for him to have that opportunity, especially like he was with the Giants and then DFA. And then, you know, he's bouncing around and all of a sudden you're like, wow, right. He, he could win a World Series ring because he puts Good on some him. fun glasses and he plays Baby Shark. And, and he uh, just dances on videos. And he just dances and he knows how to keep that clubhouse loose. So that's kind of cool over there. I think, you know, again, the Astros, Rocky saw them this year in their uh, interleague rivalry. I use that in quotes because it bounces back and forth between the Astros and then the next year it'll be the Rangers. But um, they're just such a good team. They yeah. really are. I mean, top to bottom. And they have those players um, that can just just make a difference in a game, whether it's Springer or Correa or Altuve, like offensively, they're exciting. So I want to pick the Nationals and I would love to see a National League team, but I am. I'm going to pick the Astros. I just hope it goes to seven games because it'd be really exciting. And I'm really happy for AJ Hinch. I mean, one of the younger managers in the mm-hmm. game, um, I guess not anymore because when he first got hired as a manager, he was one of the youngest ever when he was with the Diamondbacks uh-huh. way back when. And um, that didn't last long for him. He ended up under Bud Black, technically, with the San Diego Padres. He was part of the front office. But Buddy's really the one that said, hey, like, put your shorts on, man, when we're on the road. Get down here. Work with our catchers. Mm. Got him back on the field. And this is where Bud Black is so awesome because he just knows people. And he wants to help people. He wants to connect people. He's so good at that. And I think he saw in AJ this, like, longingness to be back on the field. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really cool. We actually set Buddy and AJ down together for one of our like casual conversations that we do throughout the year uh-huh. um, for the club on AT&T Sportsnet. And it was so awesome because I've known AJ for a long time um, through that San Diego connection, but I don't think I knew that. And just to hear him tell Buddy, like, I really appreciate that you got me back down on the field because that's where my heart did lie. But also, I think from being in the front office, he has that analytical perspective and we're seeing that huge shift. We've seen it in the last, you know, five or six years in baseball of that marriage between analytics Mm -hmm. and the, what do we used to call Kevin Towers? The gunslinger, right? Fly by his seat of your pants. The like, what's in your gut? How do you, how do you, as a GM or as a manager, um, baseball is like you have to have experience in the game, right? The the stats aren't always going to tell you what's going to happen. But I think that AJ Hinch has found that good marriage between analytics and the game. And um, it showed when they won the World Series two years ago. They were a great team last year. And again, once again, they're they're going to be so good in this World Series. I'm with you. I just want to see a long series. Okay. So finally, we like to end it on a light note. Um, we're going to play a little game. Word association. The Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman presents Word Association. Oh boy. Now the first thing that comes These to your head stress me out. Like my palms are sweating right now. <laughs> really? Like when you you text me and you're like, and we're gonna play a game, but you're not gonna know anything about it. I'm like, <gasps> I like lost sleep last night. I was like, we're playing a game. Like, it's not hard. Out. I did not put in like the, the, <laughs> the answer to the world's problems. I did okay. not put that in. Okay, okay. Rocky's bullpen. And I'm just supposed to say a word. First thing that comes to your mind. Like moving forward or like last year? Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Rocky's bullpen. Underwhelming. Underwhelming. I think, you know, 
when the big three signed the deals, it was the highest paid bullpen in Major League Baseball history. And Mm -hmm. they have not uh, they have not proven to be worth that value. And I think all of them would say that for Wade Davis. It's been really disappointing. Um, I think for Brian Shaw, you saw a guy that had a lot of innings pitched with the Indians and um, has come here and just hasn't been able to get a right feel for it. Jake McGee, we saw some some bright points this flashes. year, but yeah, that's uh, was that that was a long that was a long answer for one word. I just get to say the word and then be done. Uh, Zach Greinke, you've got a devilish look on your face right now because they're trying to think of the right word, like weird dude. That's too. <laughs> Can I hyphen fine. weird yeah, dude? Expand yeah. on that. I, I mean, he's just interesting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy that went out there and was like, uh, I don't want to throw a no hitter. It seems like. Too much attention on that. Is that how he talks too? Like, hey. I think so. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to make fun of it. I think you know, it's come out that he's got social has anxiety, social anxiety disorder. Yeah. So I'm definitely not making fun of that. You and I both saw Khalil Green, yeah, with San Diego Padres, and he he struggled through social anxiety disorder. It's terrible. I've known it's, a lot of people with that. I so, can't yes. even imagine. And when you're a professional mm-hmm. athlete, and part of your job is to deal with the media mm-hmm. and to deal with scrutiny, yeah. and you have that, like that would be really hard. Um, so yeah, interesting. I'll just say interesting, but good for him. Wow, to side in the spot this. he's in. I dated a guy with social anxiety. You did, yeah. And he I love did your not... dating stories. Want to do a podcast about your dating stories? God, it would be funny, sad slash funny. <laughs> <laughs> he did not want to get in an elevator with other people because he knew I would talk, and he didn't want to talk. He was shy. He was like, I can't imagine somebody like that. Their anxiety is not wanting to talk going on a date with you. Like that would probably. Oh, I'm dating this girl and she talks for a living. And uh, it's, it's the thing I have the most anxiety. About. Yeah, that yeah. ended quickly. Um, voodoo donuts. Mm. Right. Mm. If you have again, I have one. like two words: national treasure. <laughs> Dude, they're so good. They're so good, but so like you couldn't go there every day. No, they're you couldn't even go there every much. week. Like I only go there when people are in town that have never been here, and I'm like, oh, yeah. got to stop at Voodoo Donuts. Unless yeah. you've been to Portland, and then you've probably already been there. Is that where they started? I think so. Right? Oh, okay. It's Portland. So note to anybody that hasn't been to Voodoo Donuts: if they're, it, they're like whatever, say it's twenty bucks for a dozen. This is a lesson I learned. Okay. Um. So I was getting donuts for some of the, so I work at Adams County Fire Rescue now and they, these guys did me a great favor. So I was going to go get them voodoo donuts. Um, But if you pick them out individually, that the bill was $56. I was like, what? For 12 donuts? And I think it was like 20, but I was like, okay. Yeah. Can't you get a bucket like of yesterday's donuts for like $6? (laughs) You should have just done that. Maybe King Supers, but okay. (laughs) Anyway. um, Okay. Let's do Cortland Sutton. Hmm. Gosh, this is really hard. I have to get to work, so I know. Do you can I have like a pass? Okay, I Do don't. I, like, I don't. I don't know. Okay. okay what okay. would you say? Oh, crazy talented. That's. A, I mean, like, I don't want to give him like because he's so young. The, you don't the crown. Th- no, yeah. no, no, no. But promising. Promising. There's my word. Sorry. Okay. It's early. We're doing this really early. Okay. So if um, you're listening to this at night on Thursday, don't <laughs> judge. <laughs> well, hopefully you're having a glass of wine while you're listening. Uh, raising a toddler. Exhausting. <laughs> yet rewarding. Yeah. 
for sure. And so people that don't know, you um, have a son named Vin who is now, how old? He's two. He just turned two. And you named him after the wonderful Vin Scully? Yeah. That, I, yeah. Like half and half. It's Yeah. My husband wanted an Italian name and um, there wasn't a lot that were sticking out to me, but Vincent was on the list and I'm like, yes, Vin Scully, the legendary voice of not just the Dodgers, but of baseball, really, when you mm-hmm. think about great postseason moments and... Ah, yeah, he's a wonderful man, too. I think when I first met him in this business, when I was pretty young, there was just something inside of me like, you know, he was like grandpa like, but such a gentleman. And I use that word and just like kind, caring, thoughtful. We meet a lot of superstar Mm -hmm. uh, media type people in our business. And not once was was I ever like overwhelmed by his presence in a way where like you couldn't talk to him like it was mm-hmm. just so inviting and it he was that way with every person you you saw it you know yeah. when I went to Dodger Stadium like if he ran into people just a jovial smile and a how you doing and he even he met my parents one time and then like a year later asked how my mom and dad in Denver were doing like of course he, he did you know because why wouldn't you just be like so oh, amazing man. he was everything and more for he sure he is a gentleman a okay human. last one Halloween scary I'm not I I don't love Halloween my husband loves Halloween and he's taught our son about witches and so everywhere we go in the car like just Mm -hmm. to say the word like pumpkins witches so we do like a hunt when we're in the car to keep him occupied and we're like find the witches and he's like witches scary witches (laughs) like everywhere we go he doesn't know what scary means but I like I get scared on Halloween really I always have been yeah Um, I think I watched Chucky when I was a kid way too young what are you guys giving away for Halloween this year? We're going to be on an airplane. We're going to a wedding. Okay, so, what would you give away? Uh, I would probably give away Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yes, full yeah. size? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's expensive. <laughs> like, we live in a real neighborhood with lots of kids <laughs> coming to the door. I'd buy like 12 candy bars and they'd be gone in like six seconds. As we end this, when I was growing up, did you hear the same rumor that John Elway would give away full-size candy bars on Halloween? Uh, of course we did. And then you wanted to go to Cherry Hills and <laughs> right. try to treat, but you couldn't get in the gates. Yeah. Duh. Oh my God. Same rumors. That's I love so it. so funny. The Jenny, legend of number seven. This was awesome. So great. I know. Fun. Thanks for having me. You're Thanks welcome. Thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. We'll, I will uh, say. Next yeah. time that Drew goes on vacation, we will have you in again. In 2020. In 2020, One. we'll have you back. And that... It's the end of this episode. We'll see you next week.